Hello, everyone, and welcome to United Teachers of Lowell's Straight Talk podcast. This is Amy Bisson here with Mickey Dumont. We are the podcast twins and the host of this weekly podcast produced by and for members of the United Teachers of Lowell. In our weekly podcast, you will hear about local, state, and national issues that affect our members. You will also hear about some of the accomplishments of our members, and we will keep you up to date with news and decisions that impact all of us. The Merrimack Valley Food Bank has been transporting, storing, and distributing food to disadvantaged members of the community since 1991. Founded as a program of the Middlesex Shelter in Lowell, Massachusetts, which is now known as Lowell Transitional Living Center, the food bank continues to respond to the increased need for emergency food in Greater Lowell. Today, we're speaking with Merrimack Valley Food Bank's Executive Director, Amy Pessia, about an essential and critical program addressing food insecurity for all our students in the Lowell Public Schools. That program is, of course, Operation Nourish. At the end of this program, we will provide contact information for anyone wishing to support the program financially or through volunteering or donation of goods. We'll also post this information on our podcast website, so we ask you now to listen in to our conversation, which was on the road at the Merrimack Valley Food Bank. Well, I'd like to uh, welcome Amy Pessia to Straight Talk Podcast, and we're actually on the road today at Merrimack Valley Food Bank. Uh, Amy is the executive director of Merrimack Valley Food Bank. Amy, tell us a little bit about the food bank in general, and then we'll get to the topic of choice, which is Operation Nourish. Thank you so much for welcoming me, and I'm always so pleased to tell people what we're able to accomplish in our community and beyond. The Merrimack Valley Food Bank was established in 1991 and still continues serving nutritious food to the community. We've been able to serve up to almost 80,000 people per month, and that was at our peak um, service numbers time, and that was in the summer of 2016, and people will be surprised to, to know that the summer was really the highest point of our service numbers and I'll talk a little bit about that later and it won't be any surprise to people why once I absolutely absolutely Uh, I've just been on a tour of this uh, facility it's just mind-blowing how uh, well you take care of people who have food security issues here and all the different programs that Merrimack Valley Food Bank is resourcing We, uh, as I um, mentioned when we were on the tour, uh, distribute food for the most part through what we call our food distribution program. That sounds like a very broad term, but that's how we serve the majority of the people in over 30 communities where uh, our food pantry members exist. Mm -hmm. And we have four shopping days per week that say, for example, you and I volunteered at a food pantry every week, we would have our designated shopping time, we would meet here, and we would access food by the case for the individuals and families that seek help 
at our food pantry. And just to give some perspective to, um, because a lot of people wonder who needs this food? Who are the people visiting food pantries? And I will tell the story of James and Catherine. James is a fifth grader at a school right down the street from the food bank, and he visited the school nurse one day, and he was complaining of stomach pain, and through talking with James, the school nurse realized that he was eating popcorn for dinner many nights, and he would offer popcorn to his mom because he noticed that she wasn't eating anything. She had a glass of ice water, and when he offered her some of his popcorn, she said, I'm okay. The ice in this water will fill me up. That is heartbreaking. It really is heartbreaking. People I'm going to just say that I lived in a more affluent community at one point in my life, and there were people there that had food insecurities, and this is such a great resource for those families. It is a great resource, and thankfully, James is able to get food regularly, not only through school meals, but to take home over the weekend. And that would be Operation Nourish, is that correct? Yes, through our Operation Nourish program, we are privileged to provide supplemental nutrition to children, probably around 1,200 students in the Lowell Public public Schools, and we just added Chelmsford to um, benefit from the program, that receive food either twice a month to take home over the weekend, And then some of the students in the junior high school and high schools will receive um, granola bars, grab-and-go type of snacks that they get from either the school nurse or from a social worker or even a guidance counselor. Because oftentimes, and you know from being an educator that, um, like James, having a stomachache it's not always... It's not always what you think mm-hmm, it is. Right. And um, we're so pleased to be able to do this. We started this program in 2011 at the Lincoln School. And um, I'm so glad to talk with you about your experience and how you were able to give about half of your students. Uh, about half of my students participated at the Lincoln School. And my classroom was not unusual. We are so proud and pleased to partner with the many supporters that that make it possible. Mm -hmm. And those include grantors, people in the community who volunteer their time. I mentioned John Dark Credit Union once a month. That's their opportunity to come in and they fill the bags that are going to be brought to the students twice a month. And we also get private donations from people who realize that Kids need nutrition in order to learn and develop properly. And they get two-thirds of their calories from school meals if as long as they're eating the breakfast and lunch that's provided. But it's over the weekend that there's... They don't have that. They don't have it. And there are a number of different reasons. Some of them we may not even want to imagine that um, makes difficult for the children to get that nutrition when they're not in school. 
And you as an educator and those listening, you all know the signs of um, food insecurity and other things that are going on in the home. And this is, we feel like food is a real easy. And we, we feel fortunate that we're able to provide that food to help people get through until their next paycheck. Because as you can imagine, there are a lot of people that even though they work, like Catherine in our James and Catherine uh, family, she works full time, but still doesn't have enough after she pays all her bills to buy enough food. And toward the end of the month, mm-hmm. it's popcorn for James. Mm-hmm. But the good news is James can get those bags twice a month to take home over the weekend. And in those bags, there are two days worth of um, breakfast, lunches, snacks, and um, for James and Catherine to enjoy a meal together rather than she drinking ice water and he having popcorn, they can prepare pasta and sauce together and eat as a family. Amy, you did mention the bags, and for someone who has not seen the bags come into school, which is, I, I imagine, quite a number of people who might be listening today, um, what is, what's a typical bag have in it? We provide the mini boxes of cereal. We used to provide shelf-stable milk, but with the weight of the bags being on top of one another, sometimes they, <laughs> they got punctured. Hard. Yes, so you know firsthand. <laughs> Um, small applesauce and fruit cups, mm-hmm. juice boxes, which hopefully aren't leaking as much as, as the milk did, um, a jar of sauce, so- a can of sauce, a pound of pasta, box of macaroni and cheese. Sometimes was... Uh, oh, cheese on cheese yeah. crackers. Yeah. Fruit cups. The fruit cups yeah. and applesauce cups. Yeah. So the nutrition is fairly balanced, and as you said, there's uh, the possibility of making a meal together as a family, which what a wonderful gift to to be able to have. Those of us who don't have food insecurity issues don't even think about how that must be for like Catherine and James, where Catherine is just drinking a glass of water, mm-hmm. and that's it. That just just heartbreaking. Um, So the food bags go out about every other week, is that correct, Amy? Yes, every other weekend or twice a month. And we try to coincide the deliveries with long weekends and school vacation weeks. So this week is a very busy week for American Valley Food Bags. Yes, (laughs) not only are we taking in a lot of food donations, for which we are so thankful, but um, if anybody listening is interested and available showcase cinemas in Lowell on Reese Ave shows Christmas classic movies at 10 a.m. on Saturdays through Christmas and they do accept food donations for the food bank and um, that's a way to kind of celebrate the season and contribute to the food bank but we accept gifts of food funds and volunteer time all year long And that's good to know. Um, Typically, after the Christmas season has ended, it's a little bit tougher to get these donations. So are there regular donations scheduled in in 2020 that you're uh, able to share with us right now? We'll conduct our annual spring 
neighborhood food drive, which we've fondly called the Pantry Raid. That's taking place April 11th through the 17th. And people living in the Belvedere, Highlands neighborhood and possibly Pawtucketville and Drake it. I'm not sure how what coverage we'll be um, providing this year, but we'll be distributing, using volunteers, empty paper bags to people's homes in, in chosen neighborhoods, depending on how many volunteers we have. And those flyers on the bags will have a list of food items that we need most, because as you said, um, our donations will come to a screeching halt at the end of December. Yeah. And we appreciate the generosity. It's really during those cold winter months that that we need to keep those donations coming in because people are choosing whether to turn on their or pay their heating bill or buy food. And then again in the summer is when the demand really increases and we don't have enough food donations to satisfy the needs of the people visiting the food pantries. So before we talk about summer, can you, or would you please give um, a way for people to send monetary donations? What, what would they do? We have a couple of different ways. One is to donate securely with a credit card on our website, which is mvfb.org. And those letters stand for Merrimack Valley Food Bank. And then... You can give a one-time gift or choose to donate regularly, be a sustaining donor, and that helps us keep that activity going throughout the year. Absolutely. And we also uh, accept check and money order donations at P.O. Box 8638 in Lowell. 01853 is the address, and that's also on our website. And if people want to come visit and donate food and or make a financial donation in person, we're located at 733 Broadway Street in Lowell. It's right next to the Francis Gatehouse. And um, we're, again, in need of that support for the families we serve in the community throughout the year. Absolutely. I'm glad you gave all of those. And for people who are listening, we'll also print all of those and link to the Merrimack Valley Food Bank's website on our podcast website so that you can do anything that strikes you with ease. Um, Amy, you mentioned the summer t- months are, are tough months for food insecurities and for getting meals to students. And that surprised me, actually. Uh, you want to talk about that with us a little bit? Yes, I mentioned that at our peak, and we collect the uh, numbers of individuals served by our member agencies every month Mm -hmm. for the previous month. And for June of 2016, it was almost 80,000 people. That's amazing. It is. And I had to make some phone calls and ask some of our larger members, Lazarus House um, specifically, what the, number one, was that number correct? Or was it transposed? And then number two, why? Because we don't see the individuals and families who are in need of food all the time. Mm -hmm. We get phone calls from them if they're not used to navigating the emergency food system. Perhaps they've never had to ask for help before, so they call us 
and then we refer them to a food pantry. And he said there are grandparents raising their grandchildren that the kids want to eat three times a day. They need to. And the SNAP benefits were were starting to be decreased for certain people. Mm -hmm. Um, Perhaps they were on them for a certain amount of time and their benefits expired. And um, then we, we just realized that because the kids aren't in school getting the breakfast and lunch that they usually do, they they need to get that nutrition from the food pantries. And that's the time of year that our food pantry members, so say you and I again, are volunteering for a food pantry, and we're here in July looking for peanut butter, jelly, mac and cheese for the kids, Mm -hmm. and we don't have any here. That's a a tough thing because our members and the families that rely on them are relying on us to help get those donations in. Um, I mentioned our April neighborhood food drive. That's one of the ways that we try to um, bring that inventory level back up to a place that um, will satisfy the people that are looking for help. And then again, during the um, annual letter carriers food drive, we benefit and of course the families in the region from the collections that the letter carriers get. You may recall or people listening may have um, given to that National Association of Letter Carriers food drive every year Mm -hmm. and that's always the Saturday before Mother's Day and that's a way to help the food bank as well and we here and as well as the Lowell food pantries all benefit from the um, the Lowell collection and the food bank helps to get the donations that are received in Dracut, Chelmsford, North Chelmsford and Billerica out to the community because all of those communities are served by the food bank. Chances are wherever anybody is listening uh, where they live where their families live, where they're from, is being served by the food bank. We have food pantry members in over 30 communities. That's an amazing number of communities that you work with, and thank goodness you do. Uh, Amy, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you and come and see this facility. I hope anybody listening who gets the opportunity will give a call over here and also get to come and see it because it's just remarkably impressive and we are really happy to reach out to you and spread the word and the wonderful work that Merrimack Valley Food Bank is doing. Thank you so much for this opportunity for being an educator and to everybody listening who cares for the health and well-being of the children and families in the community. We again thank Amy and the Merrimack Valley Food Bank for their commitment to our students and their families and all families in need here in Lowell. As Amy told me during our tour, food insecurity should be something that we can address as a caring community. We agree. And for those of you who are listening today, we encourage you to visit and explore the Merrimack Valley Food Bank's website at mvfb.org to learn how you can support this organization and the work they do across the Merrimack Valley.
We once again thank you for tuning into this episode, and we hope that if you enjoy what you hear, you will subscribe to our podcast using Apple iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast aggregator. As always, we welcome your general comments and your feedback. If you have suggestions for future podcast topics, or if you're aware of a UTL member who might be willing to share his or her experiences and expertise, please send us an email at utlstraighttalk at gmail.com. Look for us to return again after the new year. But until then, this is Amy Bisson and Mickey Dumont wishing you a great week.